Hello, everyone. This is the Levantex podcast. It's me, Sophie. I am talking to Amuna, a wonderful guest that I have been wanting to get on the podcast for a very long time. She has done previous work for Levantex, but she has not been with me. So I'm happy to introduce Amuna to the show today. I'm super excited to be here. I've been wanting to be a guest. So thank you for having me. Um, it's a I'd pleasure. Like to introduce yeah, I was Thank just going to say, go for it. I mean, introduce yourself to our guests, let them know a little bit about you. Floor's yours. Absolutely. So, my name is Amna, but my friends like to call me Amuna. Um, I am the founder of Black Arabs Collective. It was my initiative and like passion project to shed the light and to platform um, Arabs uh, that are Afro descendants or African migrants in Arab countries. Um, I've also worked with Levante X and I've recently joined the team, boom, boom, boom. Um, I've written uh, a few articles and now I'm gonna be an editor with the Black Pearls team, which is awesome. I'm very, very excited. Yes, you'll be working alongside Nariman, I believe, and a lovely lady called Fatima. So uh, for all our audience, you know, you can keep uh, up to date by just heading over to the website, having a look at the Black Pearls section, see what has been previously done and look forward to what is coming with the new uh, team members, Amuna and Fatma. So now that you've mentioned a little bit about yourself, um, we found it quite intriguing that you're working on certain topics. And one of the main topics is, you know, how Arab countries are actually approaching or dealing with racial discrimination in policy. So if you could just elaborate a little bit on that, what have you been, what type of countries have you been focusing on in general? And um, what have you found out? <laughs> well, well um, my focus is on uh, countries that identify as Arab, the Swana region, the Middle East, whatever you what we'd like to call it. And my findings have been very interesting because from what I've seen, um, governments either deal with you know, the racial inequality and the racial, the racist societies that we live in, either with complete avoidance or, you know, an action would be taken and then we would be faced with a rejection by the people. Uh, I, what I'd be interested to under, understand is if you have a specific example, so our audience could try to grasp exactly what you mean. Well, for example, in countries, so, Historically, let's talk about how the Gulf countries and namely Saudi Arabia was the last country to ever abolish um, slavery. And that was because of colonialism. Their British colonizer was the reason um, slavery ended. And then the kafala system started to kind of replace that so that you are by law an employee of, of a local individual, but you're also sort of their property in the system. And so we have, have had to deal with that since the 60s. And to this day, a lot of these countries are not doing anything about it. So that's the example of you know, the complete avoidance and the fact that we are continuing to uh, just celebrate the fact that we have socialized racism. It's in the way we speak, it's in our television, it's in everything, it's in the way we function and think in our societies we have this sense of socialized and accepted racism, but bring, like, bringing that to light and talking about it is a problem. So 
And then when countries do try and do something like that, and I'll give you an example, which is very interesting. I was living in Dubai in 2019 and the UAE government, I think the Dubai Executive Council of Dubai, um, dis- like they made a new law or released a new law saying that racism will be basically punishable uh, by law- the law, it's outlawed now. And the number one trending topic for the next three days was um, in Arabic, a racist in loving our country. And the general consensus was we are gonna be racist because we are uh, patriotic and we live, we love our country. And if you don't like it, quite literally go back to where you came from. And, and I'm, I'm saying like, this was the complete and general consensus. This was a trending um, hashtag because when, if the people are not ready to change, the government is not able to, regardless of how, you know, they, how much they try, if the people are not ready to accept this change, or at least accept the fact that we have the issue of racism, we, we, we have this problem in our societies. If they're not even ready to, to admit that, it's a problem, regardless of what policy is created. So what's really interesting is, is this is not just evident in um, the Swana region, the MENA region, or this can be found and witnessed in um, Europe, in the States. I mean, if we want to just sort of bring up Brexit a little bit, I think that whole scenario did actually bring to light um, a lot of racism, a lot of things, you know, came out from under the carpet. We had um, Black Lives Matter, the larger movement that, you know, happened on social media, you know, and was apparent to the whole world. I can't say that this is something new. I'm sure this has been worked on and and has real grassroots, but, you know, for all of us that live abroad, shall we say, outside of the Western world, um, that it was new to us to see, you know, this force that came out and um, the amount of support there was. Uh, I mean, we just saw in London yesterday that the Israeli ambassador was chased out of the London School of Economics, and that was just by students. I mean, you obviously are going to find people say, yeah, they were Arabs and they, they, they did that. And you, But I'm sure it wasn't. This was just people saying we know what's happening in Palestine, shame on you, you know, how can you even walk and talk to us? So, I mean, there are a lot of steps that are being taken. Um, People are finally speaking out a lot more, you know, because you did mention the fact that there is this silenced, you know, situation that goes on in this part of the world that we're scared to speak, or if we do speak, there's going to be a serious consequence or a repercussion. So that is, that fear barrier, I believe, has been broken. Um, And there are a lot more steps going forward. So I just wanted it to make it evident to our audience that, yes, what you have experienced maybe in the West is also extremely evident in this part of the world. And you are, you know, bringing up examples like this. I mean, it's not just racism that is, you know, rife in um, the Swana region. It's also minorities discrimination it's super nuanced there's tribalism and sect sectism like within the religion there is there is there is this area does not agree with this area it's super nuanced and and that's why a lot of the issues like get lost between the cracks when you tell someone that something is racist they will tell you no you know it's not a racist thing it's not a race thing it's because it's a sect thing or it's a tribal thing or it's you know and there's there are many doors to hide behind because admitting to racism to them is 
more like is worse than like you know is than than admitting to it and and allowing change to happen and and even though like you said the 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 conversation was worldwide about race and racism um last year summer but the issue is what and what i witnessed and why i started the black arabs collective is when the conversation trickled down to this part of the world the context was always the west it is it's always like well they're bad and the police brutality and i'm like you're you're totally right they don't have it figured out but at least there is an understanding of the existence of the issue of race we have complete avoidance. We have denial, deflection, and gaslighting. That's how we function. And that's why I started the Black Arabs Collective because I was like, it's great that we're finally discussing the issue of race, but how about we look at our own backyards and look at it, our society and, and how we have this socialized accepted racism that we are refusing to talk about because we'd rather you know, come up with excuses than to admit to what the reality is. I mean, definitely. I mean, we've seen slight progress in Lebanon, shall we say, when it, in regards to Kafala, because it, um, as of 2019, <clears throat> there were organizations and NGOs that were bringing up stories about these women that have been trapped. Then we saw what happened with the Kenyans that were just dumped on the street. They had nowhere to go. The Kenyan embassy wasn't even taking them in. They were just sleeping on the roads. So we did, we did hear a lot about that. And there was a large voice that, you know, that came out and said, this is wrong and we want to change that. And the government did actually adhere in a sense or the judicial system and things were, you know, moved around, talked about. So there has been some change, shall we say. However, this thing is still rife. It's super apparent. It's still going on. Um, yeah. Every day, if you actually look deeper, there are more and more cases. But if the discourse is the way it is in Lebanon, um, a country that some people see as free or democratic. I mean, we are learning otherwise as, as the crises um, the country faces are being brought to light. But that's, you know, you've cracked a nut, but that's not even half the layer. I mean, the, the Swana region is like an onion, you know, you haven't even decided to get to the GCC where things are on a completely different level or you haven't approached Iran and Pakistan, Afghanistan or Sudan or, I mean, there's so many different levels, which I think it's really hard to grasp if you are a Westerner because it's so vast and it's so intertwined. Um, and it's not just, oh, I'm English and I just don't want the Polish in my country because they're taking my jobs. These people have been born, raised, they're, they're, they've lived with the tribes, shall we say, you know, um, that go back years and years and years and years. So it's, is it just education that's going to be able to change this? I mean, I, I, I think it's, it's, it's really deep-seated that this type of conversation could take years and years and years and years no matter how um positive we believe you know things are changing 100 percent. and like you said the world is changing and we are seeing change happen in the region for the first time ever but it still is difficult because when we talk about the change that we want to create We've seen that on a, on, a, on a policy level, it doesn't change people. And then on an individual level, you don't have access to everybody. And not everyone 
So us as Arabs, we're not homogenous. We don't all look the same. Like you're Arab, I'm Arab, you know what I mean? You could be Arab, I could be Arab, you know, blue-eyed, blonde hair, and me looking like myself. And we are both Arab because we speak the language and we have the traditional, the, the traditions and the culture. And because of that, we need to understand that Arab is not a skin tone, Arab is not a complexion, Arab is not one specific look. And for a Westerner to come in to understand the nuances, like you said, it's very difficult because like you said, it's very fast and it's very, very nuanced. And Arab is not a skin tone. We, all do, we don't all look the same. And because of that, we, our experiences are completely different. And our, the way we identify also is different as black Arabs. There are people who choose to not identify as Arab anymore completely. I have a lot of my Moroccan friends, Sudanese friends, Somali friends who do not consider themselves Arab because they felt so excluded for such a long time, you know? And identity, it's such a complex issue, but changing that and getting, getting that allyship. What I tell people is when you're talking to your parents, there are people. They are people that don't have access to me, and I don't have access to them. But the important change that we want to create is from. It starts with individuals. Talk to your parents. Have the conversation with your immediate family. They all have maids. They all have the socialized acceptance of the kafana system, which is basically slavery. But just talking about it within the family environment, that could change minds. And that to me is more important than asking for a policy change, to, truly. And that's my personal opinion, I might be wrong. No, I don't know if you're wrong because I, it stems to a lot of different things. I mean, let's just look at climate change. <laughs> no matter how many policies they've got uh, set, in, set in stone, if the if the culture is not to recycle or the culture is not to understand sustainability or the culture is not like that and the people are not functioning in that way, then you can have 700 million policies. Doesn't mean anyone's going to adhere to any of them. So I, I do agree with you, you know, change starts at home, change starts with yourself within, you know, within your family, then your community, and then it grows larger and larger and larger. Exactly. And once people start to understand, I mean, this is when we come back to education and awareness, but there are so many different things to discuss that it's really hard to focus on one thing to say, okay, we're focusing on this. This really needs to be changed now because there's so many things that need to be changed right now. It's not one. So it's very hard to push even a policy change because which policy do you push? Um, so I, I think, you know, there's, there's a larger discussion to be had in the sense of how can we come together as an Arab region you know and actually have the arab league function as an arab league instead of just tit for tat i don't want to talk to you okay i've shut off diplomatic relations or oh, you've got sanctions today we're not your friend i mean it's getting absolutely ridiculous um when it comes to the leaders of this area shall we call it because it's we have continents involved and different types of places so to actually sit down at a table and say, we want to be able to come forward with this, you know, similar to things that, you know, the EU do, or, you know, you have the Americas coming together. There's things that we need to do um, that do need to trickle down. And we have constant chaos at the top, wherever you are in the Swana region, everywhere you look, it's chaos. And, and so how do you even expect to start to educate? You're not only educating the population, you're having to educate parliament, and, 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 and 
So, I mean, it, it's, I, I, I'm so proud of you that you've taken on this vast, heavy, you know, discussion, but, and, and it's going to be so hard to tackle on your own. Um, and someone has to do it. This conversations need to be having. I'm so glad that Levon X is also part of this conversation. Absolutely. And very supportive, a hundred percent. And like you said, if we don't do it, then who will? You know, we keep. Everyone tells me, "Do you think? Do you think things will change?" But I always tell them, "I would not be doing what I'm doing if I didn't believe that things will change. If I didn't have hope that we will be the generation to change the world." You know what I mean? And so we gotta keep doing the work, and hopefully, change will come. You know, one day we'll see in in schools in the Swana region you know, education about race and, and Black History Month and all of these things and affirmative action and the NAACP or whatever, whatever our version of that will be. And, and that's why I, I continue doing the work because I know that one day, 100%, that will be a reality. And that will be because of the work that we are doing as individuals and as a collective before we demand change from, you know, on a, on a policy level. I couldn't agree with you more. And I'm so happy that we had this conversation, Amuna. I mean, we've, we've connected in so many different ways, but this is absolutely beautiful because well, I think we're all trying to do the same thing here. And that's why we do sort of run in the same circles is that we're all just trying to be a voice and have a voice and, and make that voice have a purpose and a mission. Um, instead of constantly running after you know, the rat race and just see where that gets us and then wake up and when you're 60 and think, what have I done with my life? I mean, I'd rather not. Exactly. I'd rather do something exactly. with my Absolutely. life while I'm here. 100%. 100%. And it truly is fulfilling when you are lending your voice and your efforts to those who don't have the same privileges as you. That is that is incredible. And it's very rewarding internally. And, it's, and, it's, and it makes our world a better place. And so I commend you and everyone who does the work that we do to continue doing it and, and just keep on keeping on. I think usually I say to my guests, you know, I'd like to give you the microphone to leave something with my audience, but I think you've left a lot with our audience, you know, just keep on keeping on is, is, is enough. 100%, one, truly 100%. I would also just like to give you the chance then to sort of bring up anything that you would like, um, to tell our audience that they could possibly go and learn a little bit more. I know you did a webinar with Nariman. Uh, if you could tell us a little bit about that webinar, it can, uh, everyone, it can be found on the Levant X YouTube channel. And this could be um, a start of a new discussion and for further information and education and content from Amuna herself and others on the Black Pearls team. So Amuna, tell us all a little bit about what you might have coming up. Um, so I've officially joined the Levant X team, the Black the Black Pearls part of it, and I'm very excited. I am working on an article about allyship um, that will be published um, in Levant X. Um, I did do a webinar. It was like it was a while ago. It was over a year ago, if you believe it, with Nariman and Khola, and we were talking about the Black feminist movement in the 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 Swana region. And it was an incredible conversation and, and the work that Khawla has done and, and Nariman and myself, it was, really, it was really great to connect and celebrate our collective achievements. Uh, Nariman and I have since hosted clubhouse rooms together to educate about racism. We, have, we, were, to get, we were panelists together for Shabak uh, Festival this summer. 
Um, so, you know, she's been my, she's been my little like activism buddy, my little sister in the revolution, I call her. Um, so very exciting, very exciting to be joining the team officially. Um, and yeah, I, my, my, my platform is black, the black Arabs collective on Instagram at black Arabs collective. And, um, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, Amuna. So anybody, if you have any questions, do hit her up on at the Black Arabs Collective. You can also get in touch with her by DM DMing us on any of our social channels. Do head to our website and click the donate button or become a member because being a member with us does open you up to a lot of our exclusive content um, because we just like to share the love. So Amuna, thank you so much for being with us today. Big love to everybody. Stay strong. Keep your voice being heard and make sure you have a purpose.